What is up, guys? Thank you all for checking out this edition of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. It is our Super Bowl 56 special. The Cincinnati Bengals travel to Inglewood to face the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams playing in their home stadium only the second time in Super Bowl history. We have one of the participants playing in their home stadium. Last year, we had the Bucks in Tampa. This year, we had the Rams in L.A. Kendall is my co-host, and as I said before last week, Kendall, this is one of the more exciting matchups and the most anticipated matchups I have seen in a long time from my personal standpoint. How are you feeling as we now are just days away from these two teams squaring off uh, at SoFi? Um, look, it's, it's, it's exciting. You know, obviously every Super Bowl, very rarely do we go into a Super Bowl matchup and say, oh, this is a terrible game. Uh, I don't really care about this, but this is uh, this is definitely interesting. Are you gonna, make, you, are you gonna make me? Go, are you gonna make me go through the uh, litany of Super Bowls to challenge that statement? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, unless you're like, uh, unless you're like a Patriot hater, which I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then, then never mind. Because uh, any time the Patriots win, it, I was not looking forward to that game. Yeah, not at all. But um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part. Uh, Super Bowls tend to be tend to be fascinating matchups, and that uh, is no different uh, with this one. Um, particularly interesting when you have two quarterbacks that haven't won it. One who's in his second year uh, in, in in Joe Burrow, and another who's on his second team uh, deep into his career in Matthew Stafford. Um, so it's it's an interesting dichotomy between the two, and um, obviously both former number one picks, but. Uh, and then two young coaches who coached together at one point uh, in in L.A. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, it's an interesting matchup. Uh, I think the prevailing, obviously, the brand, the Rams coming to this as a favorite. You know, that's, that's the prevailing thought. So it'll be interesting to see how we see this matchup. But yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. Yep, you got a quarterback in his thirteenth year versus a quarterback in his second year. You have a head coach in Sean McVay the kind of darling of the NFL when it comes to head coaches. You have Zach Taylor, a guy who I said on this podcast should have been fired after his first year in the Super Bowl. And you got Los Angeles versus Cincinnati, David versus Goliath. It's just a lot of fun things you got going on with this game. Odell Beckham, Jamar Chase, Aaron Donald going for a Super Bowl ring. Um, it's, it's really exciting, like I said before. And I'm excited to get into it, you know. So, so I want I want to start with a simple question, Kendall. When it comes to this game, when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, a, a pretty wild ride to get here, a pretty wild wild card game, and the two games after that got even crazier. When you talk about the games against the Titans, going on the road in Arrowhead after being down 18 points to come back and win, I don't think that the Bengals want to get into that kind of game whether it be having a lead and having to try to hold on to it with that Rams offense or playing from really far behind, knowing that the, the Rams having the ability to, to make them one-dimensional, knowing that they're going to have to throw the ball to come back and win. I think what's going to be interesting for the Bengals in this game is how they've gotten here is not going to work, I don't think, against the Los Angeles Rams. They're going to have to play a much more even game, I think, for four quarters in order to win. The Rams have shown they could be vulnerable, when the game things get tight, we saw how they played in that uh in in that uh in, a, in the NFC semi uh semifinal game or you know the, the divisional round against the Bucks, uh, we saw some tightness even in the 49ers game in the conference championship. So if you stay in the game, you'll have a shot I think against this team 
But I think if they kind of come out the way, for example, Arizona did uh, in, in, in that first game they played against them in the wild card round, the Bengals kind of repeat that kind of performance that they had in the first half against the Chiefs. Albeit the Chiefs have a much more explosive offense, you would think. That would spell bad news for the Bengals. So I, for me, when I think about early keys to this, to this game for Cincinnati, I think um, even football can be very important. I also think balanced football is very important. We're going to be talking about Joe Burrow a bunch in this podcast. We know how exciting and, and spectacular Jamar Chase is. But I think being able to run the football is going to be key because we know the Rams are going to try to get upfield. They have just an elite pass rush. When you think about Leonard Floyd, Aaron, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, in order to keep them at bay and keep them honest, I think you're going to have to see a lot of Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon was an underrated piece of that last game that they won against the Chiefs. Despite getting down, they still stuck with the ground game, and Joe Mixon had a solid game. I think they're going to have to have a repeat performance in order to get it done this week. How do you feel about the Bengals in terms of keys to winning? Um, I agree. I mean, running the football is going to be huge. Um, I feel like defensively, uh, containing Cooper Cup uh, is going to be huge as well. Um, and I know that that one of that is easier said than done. And two, we've seen the Rams be able to unlock Odell Beckham, which has been huge, uh, for them as well. Um, but even then Cooper cup has found ways to continue to make plays on third downs, continue to make plays in key situations. And those are, those are the money plays. Those are the reasons why you bring in a guy like Matthew Stafford. It's not for the. It's not for the 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 the, the first and the, the first and ten, second and four. It's it's for those third and long plays where, you know, quarterbacks in the NFL differentiate themselves, and that's where Matthew Stafford has made plays, and that's where if you're the Rams, you have to be keyed in on a guy like Cooper Cup in those situations, um, or sure the the Bengals rather. Um, but I I totally agree that Joe Mixon is going to be going to be huge. Um, we've seen. You know, the, we've seen the Bengals struggle in the red zone uh, a lot during these playoffs. Uh, it's part of the reason why a guy like Evan McPherson has been so um, it's been so productive. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been because they've had to kick a lot of field goals and, and, yep. instead of getting in the end zone, and that yep. can't happen in this game. They've found ways to win with that being the case, but. You want to be able to when you get in the red zone. You want to be able to finish, improve. You can finish, and right now they haven't been able to do that um, consistently in these in, the, in these po- in these playoffs. But um, and it's tough when you have a bad offensive line. You know those. <laughs> you, it's it's hard to throw the ball uh, yeah. in the red zone consistently, um, and they're. They, they've we've seen Joe Burrow take a million sacks, a lot of them in their own, ter- a lot of them in 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 opponent's territory, yeah, deep in the opponent's territory, exactly. You know, and it's it's cost them cost them many many drives, cost them four points on a lot of different drives. But uh, that, that's gonna have to they're gonna have to be able to finish in the red zone if they could do that. And maybe it's not about throwing the football. Maybe it's about again establishing Joe Mixon in the run game in those situations and being a little bit more methodical in their approach. Uh, if that means uh, T Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase don't, uh, don't dominate as much as they have uh, times this season, you know, that's okay because again, with the pass rush and with a guy like Jalen Ramsey, you know, you know, shadowing Jamar Chase all game, it's going to be tough. 
it, it, I totally agree with that. And when we think about the Rams and their keys to this game, I think playing a clean football game is going to be super important for this team. I think with the Bengals, I think you're looking at a balanced game. I think we talk about, um, you know, playing all four quarters. I think we talk about being able to run and pass. That's what I mean when I talk about the Bengals having to play balance. I think when I think about the Rams, the word I think of is clean. Because the Bengals, in every one of their postseason games, have won the turnover battle. And I think it's it's helped them overcome what are clear talent deficiencies on the offensive line. You know, you know, like they the, the, the Chiefs got loose with the ball. Not only were they loose with the ball, they also weren't clean in even their execution, especially in the second half. They lost turnover battle against the Bengals. The Titans lost turnover battle against the Bengals. You had Ryan Hannahill throwing just ghastly interceptions against the the Titans, against the Chiefs, I'm sorry, to the Bengals, keeping Cincinnati in that game. And then they won the turnover battle against the Raiders. And the Rams, as good as they've been in this postseason, they had a turnover last week. And that Bucks game, the Bucks came back in that game because of all the turnovers the Rams had. The Rams had four turnovers in that game against the uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Bengals are already shown that they're a team that can take the ball away, that can make you uh, regret taking the ball away by, by, by capitalizing on it. So when it comes to this game, I think you're going to have to see Matt Stafford be judicious with the ball. It's not like the Bengals have great corners, but they do have excellent safeties and Bell and Bates. He can't be, you know, he can't he can't be sloppy with it. He's also can't be sloppy with it in the pocket. They have a pretty good pass rush. Trey Hendrickson has been a great pickup for that team. He's had a tremendous postseason. They can get after the passer a little bit. So, you know, two hands on the ball when it comes to uh, uh, taking sacks and, and feeling pressure. That That's going to be crucial. And then beyond Stafford, remember, Cam Akers, as solid as he's looked, has put the ball on the ground quite a bit since he's come back. I think that's going to be a very, very important thing to watch for this game as we see what a potential problem areas for the Los Angeles Rams. Cam Akers, he's earned that spot back as that number one back. It's been a, a just a, a incredible story to come back from what, what was it, seven months from an Achilles tear? I mean that's just unheard yes. of. Yeah. Seven months from an Achilles tear to come back and play in the postseason and now he will be playing in the Super Bowl. The guy is extremely talented, but he can put the ball on the ground. So for for the Los Angeles Rams, I think key to victory. We know they got to get after the passer. We expect that they should have some success in doing that. We know that they can get big plays on a cornerback like Eli Apple. Um, we, you know there there are things we think we I think I think we kind of come in and expect the Rams to be able to do with some level of success. So then I think okay, well what are the where are the 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 areas where they could hit some pitfalls? And the main one I see is turnovers. If they don't play a clean game, they're gonna give Cincinnati a great shot to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously the Tampa Bay game, uh, without turnovers, uh, they win cleanly. Um, San Francisco game, quite frankly, Matthew Stafford throws that pick uh, to Jaquaski Tart. They're probably not playing this game. Yeah. Um, you know, and so turnovers are have been big all season for the Rams. I mean, uh, you know, you think back to the game against Baltimore. You know where Stafford throws three picks. He sort of, he sort of come out of that a little bit um, during these playoffs. He's he's played better. Uh, he has had less of those you know head scratching moments. He had one in that San Francisco game that almost cost him. But um, 
something about Stafford doesn't look right. I don't know if I'm the. I don't know if other people have said that. I I, I want to say that someone may have mentioned that he he's, he's dealing with a back injury or something. I but. know he's had the toe, which he says is now fine. But right. yeah, it seems like I I kind of agree. It seems like it's something on that beyond throw, that. On that throw, like it was a, it was a complete duck, and yeah, we know Matthew Stafford as you know. Besides Josh Allen and maybe Mahomes might have the strongest arm in the league. So. Yeah, it, yeah, it was like it was like a punt. You know, the fact that yeah, Tark couldn't hold on was just unbelievable. But yeah, and, it, it was and that's very poor. Boy. That that is, is a little bit concerning. And if I'm uh, if if I'm if I'm that uh, Cincinnati uh, coaching staff, um, if I'm Lou Amarillo, if I'm you know Zach Taylor, I'm I'm paying attention to that. I'm saying, look, I mean. I'm not going to give them, you know, deep shots, but maybe I'm not as afraid to maybe play single high, you know, mm-hmm. at safety and, you know, let's, let's, let's play, let's play in the box a little bit. Um, you know, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they decided to cover them, but, uh, cause they've, they've established the running game pretty well in these playoffs. Yes. Uh, particularly, you know, with, with, with Cam Akers being back and, um, that playing a factor, uh, in that first game against Arizona and, um, and him playing well against, uh, him playing well against Tampa up until the, the fumble, obviously, you know, that you want to, you want to start to, you want to start to establish that, you know, you want to take away that running game, I should say, yeah. force him to throw the football, but also know that Cooper Cup, you know, it, it's tough. They're a great team, you know, because you have to take away Cooper Cup. And you got to take away the run, the running game, but and even um, if you do that, that means someone like Odell is probably getting loose, and he's shown he can hurt teams. Yes, this, and idea, that's that, what... this idea that he was completely done is is asinine. It's not true. He can play a little bit still. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, it was always asinine. Yeah, yeah, it was. Agreed. Yeah, I think we both agreed um, with that. Yeah, and uh, so I, I mean, it, it, it's it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how. Uh, how Matthew Stafford looks, um, if he's 100% with the arm, will it matter? It hasn't mattered so far. Uh, there were a couple of plays here or there that that were a little suspect, but um, but yeah, that 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 quarterback matchup is is going to be fun. Yeah, I want to stay on. I want to stay on Stafford here when it comes to uh, this game and his journey throughout his career because Stafford is. Is he's he's a he's kind of an interesting football figure in my opinion because did you know he played uh, with Clayton Kershaw in, in high school? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to talk? We're gonna do we're gonna have a segment in the show. We're gonna do some prop bets. I didn't see it anywhere, but there absolutely needs to be a prop bet of will we see Clayton Kershaw on camera? I thought you were gonna say what's the over under on uh, on mentions. Oh well, that I mean well that may be a prop bet. I didn't know. I didn't see it yet, but I'm, I'm certainly that's there. I think it needs to be. A, I think a better one would be: Will they actually show him on camera? Like, will Clayton Kershaw be there? I don't know why he wouldn't. Like, he's he damn sure is rich enough. Like, he can get a ticket. Um, yeah, he probably which wouldn't. which I'll be honest is not. That, I can't say that about all folk because if you looked at the tickets for the Super Bowl this year, you're talking about at least giving up six thousand to sit in like the highest seats at SoFi Stadium. So he can afford it. And he lives there. So those are two obviously big steps towards getting him an appearance. And then when we hear about this long uh, friendship and this high school teammate that he had in Matt Stafford 
throughout we see it we hear it so often throughout both of their careers but especially Matt Stafford's career given Kershaw being um a future Hall of Famer in in, in Major League Baseball I, I feel like that has to be a prop it is will we actually see Kurt and Kershaw be put on camera at some point during the game but I was wondering, I, I, like, yeah. you, like, just because you're a former teammate doesn't mean that you were like you were even cool with you were homies. Oh yeah, they, they had plenty. They had plenty of teammates. <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to say plenty of teammates. I didn't. I couldn't stand. But there you're are right. absolutely like if 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 you if I ever make it big in anything in my life, like and there's there, another there's some there's, other. It, there's some other dude that they're gonna you know relate to and say oh you know you know they, they, they were teammates when they were you know what's I don't ever want them to consider that person a friend if they were not a friend <laughs> or something right. you know what I'm saying like like for example I am former teammates with Tobias Harris in our 10 year old or 11 I was 10 I think I was 10 uh, AAU basketball team yeah I, I, that's a great fun fact for myself it's a funny joke I like to tell people not joke but it's a funny kind of story I like to tell people. Um, when I talk right. about my youth basketball days, if I ever make it in this game, I I would be damned if someone went and told Tobias, "Hey, your old buddy EJ, <laughs> EJ Stewart, you know your, your old friend." You know, that would that would be why, yeah. and I would I would not welcome that for Tobias Harris. So yeah, I, I would like to. I think I do think that we need to see some more receipts about what this relationship actually is with Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw. But Matthew Stafford is a he's an interesting football figure because shout out to. Brandon Tierney and Tiki Barber. Of course, my new day job is now uh, at WFAN in New York City and CBS Sports Radio. And I'm listening to their show, and they made kind of an off point about how, you know, if Stafford wins his game, he's an automatic Hall of Famer. He might even be an automatic Hall of Famer regardless, which I kind of had to kind of tilt my head and kind of, you know, say, huh? Because I never thought of Matthew Stafford as an automatic Hall of Famer. Um, I agree with the notion that if he wins, he probably has a great case. But then I looked at his numbers, you know, over the past few days. This guy has thrown for at least 4,000 yards in every season from 2011 to 2021, except for two seasons. One of those seasons, he only played eight games. So this guy has put up massive numbers for a a decade, a decade at this point. He's had a season where he's thrown for 5,000 yards. He's been... Just uh, he, in terms of putting up the numbers, he he's done that this year. Of course, 40, 48, 100 yards for the season. He's threw forty one touchdowns this year, and yet with all that being said, I don't feel like people come in and feel like, oh, this guy, he's that dude. Like if the chips are down on the table, he's gonna get it done. Like I think people feel that way about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow hasn't accomplished half of what Matthew Stafford has accomplished in his NFL career. But Stafford still comes in with this kind of, yeah, but is he really that guy kind of vibe? And I think this is a really big moment for him. But what's fascinating about this game, and we talked about it a little bit off air, is I feel like the attention on Joe Burrow has actually helped Matt Stafford, or should help him to a great degree. Because if they're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think a lot of the pressure and a lot of the conversation becomes, can Stafford really stack up to someone like Patrick Mahomes. Is he really going to be able to go up against a guy like that and, and match him toe for toe, uh, you know, fight him toe to toe and match him score for score if they have to? Can he do what Josh Allen did two weeks ago? Like, can he, is that really, is he really that guy? I think that would be a lot more of the conversation going into this game. But Joe Burrow is this young, exciting, confident, um, engaging, just football figure, let alone quarterback. And, 
him being in his first Super Bowl, him really already living up to the hype that came with his number one draft selection, I think it's, it's, it's kind of let Matthew Stafford a little bit off the hook. Now, you still got to play the game. So if Stafford really isn't that guy, he feels the pressure and he, he, he shrinks, that will be the conversation when the game is over. But going into the game, I do find it interesting that Stafford, uh, like, like, like he has that kind of moniker, even though we look at his number, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. I mean, three times in his career, he's led the league in game-winning drives. But, yeah, he's a guy that we, we're still not 100% sure if we really buy into him. What do you make of kind of Stafford's journey and, and the story that, that will unfold for his uh, uh, you know, football career when he steps on the field on Sunday? It's really weird how we judge this stuff. I mean, winning a Super Bowl um, is is <laughs> obviously it feels like it's most important at the quarterback position, um, and it's 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 strange because I feel like Stafford. I don't think Stafford is really a Hall of Famer, or I don't think he is either. I wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame right now. Yeah, you know, or like, I don't know if he'll make it if he doesn't win this, or if he doesn't win a Super Bowl. Um, and but if he does win it, I feel like he probably stamps his ticket to Canton eventually at some point. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, like again, his numbers are his numbers are undeniable. There, there course, is no quarterback. Point to the number of you know his record, which as a starting quarterback is still below five hundred, even despite this twelve and five season. He's eighty six and ninety five. As a starting quarterback in the NFL, he was seventy four and ninety as the, De- the Detroit Lions starting quarterback. But if you go to pro nonetheless, football here we are. If you go to Pro Football References Hall of Fame probability thing, Hall of <laughs> probability thing, Hall, Hall of Fame probability metric, um, they there is no player uh, without a there's no player on Matthew Stafford's c- caliber. Um, or above Matthew Stafford, that that has won a Super Bowl and isn't in the Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, so if Stafford gets it and doesn't get in, that would be unprecedented. Uh, and that's where he's at without the Hall of Fame, or without the Super Bowl. Um, it, it is very interesting that you know <laughs> there are there are a lot of interesting conversations on this. Like you know, Matt Ryan is ahead of you know Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers. And Eli on the on the the Hall of Fame chart, but um, but I do think, with that being said, a guy like Matt Ryan or a guy like Matthew Stafford, I do wonder if some of those yards numbers are a little inflated given the, you know, the the era that we're playing. Um, do we look at, you know, yeah, he's throwing for four K yards, uh, for a decade. Does that? It's still a lot. I mean, not everybody's doing it, but does it? resonate the same as it would uh, 10 years ago you know or... yeah and that's a fair question yeah i mean that's a fair question i think the reason why i would say still yes is because i mean we're talking about a decade like if it was you know five years in a row i would say yeah i mean last five years a lot of guys are throwing four thousand yards we're talking about a decade and this whole streak started with him throwing for five thousand yards like yeah i mean the stats are legit like in terms of his productivity now, it doesn't matter in terms of wins. Like, that, I'll always argue that um, Stafford deserves way more blame for the failures in Detroit that I think he's been given. But 
the yards for a decade to do that is extremely impressive. I, I, I can't deny that. But he did all that, and I don't want to make this like this is a whole end-all, be-all. But in doing all that, he's also only made one Pro Bowl in his entire career. Which is exactly. it's just, it's just wild, considering you, that we've he's never... had those numbers. <laughs> it's also wild, because I'm like... <laughs> Matt Pro Jones Bowl, was like, a Pro Bowl this year. Like, I mean, yeah, he yeah, didn't make, only the Pro Bowl once. Kirk Cousins, like, he threw 5,000 yards, and he still didn't put him in. Yeah, you don't have to be a top five quarterback in your con. I mean, I'm assuming he turned it down a lot of years, but That's possible. At least, at the very least, turned down a replacement spot. Yes, if not, because I, I feel like he would have, it would have, he would have been considered a pro bowler had he been selected. But, um, but still, if you weren't selected, you know, and that's what they're considering, then that means you weren't a top three quarterback in your at any at any point in your career except for once in your conference. Yeah. Um, and you're a Hall of Famer. I mean, it, quarterback position is tough. You know, it, 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 should he be ashamed that he wasn't better than Cam Rogers and Russell Wilson, you know, <laughs> right. for, for for a long period of time? Uh, and obviously his other guys in there, Romo and, um, you know, Eli was in there at one point. So it's it's it's, it's interesting. I, I I look at guys like – I look at guys like Stafford, um, and he has a very interesting legacy question, but a, another guy to me – on the Rams that has a very interesting legacy question is the head coach, Sean McVay. Okay. Um, Cause we're talking about a guy, obviously, um, you know, one of his, one of his original sort of mentors was John Gruden. Uh, and Gruden won his Super Bowl very young. And we all, I think a lot of people assumed he would get another one eventually. Uh, that doesn't look like that's going to happen, but uh, no, <laughs> but um but we so we assume that Gruden would get one and that's 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 that makes sense but like when you look at McVay he is the second youngest coach to coach in a Super Bowl behind himself like 3 years ago wow. um and this is this would be uh huge if he could win this uh and huge for his legacy and I, there have been reports from you know, a week or two ago that he's trying to, in part, he's trying to win the Super Bowl so he can potentially cash in on a TV gig similar to what John Gruden did um, and then maybe go back into coaching later on in his career. But um, I do wonder where is, where, what does this do for Sean McVay's legacy as a head coach if he can get one this soon in his career? It's not like he's not, he's not, he's a vet at this point as a coach, but he's, he's super young still. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It is fascinating, and I feel like McVay also has a lot to prove in this game. I don't think, though, he's been able to kind of hide this week the way Stafford's been able to hide this week when it came to yeah. pressure. Because he's a lot of people coach in this game. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about Sean McVay. I think, you know, again, I think Burrow has helped hide Stafford to some degree. But I think when it comes to McVay, and he's kind of seen as this wonderkin, this chosen one when it comes to NFL head coaches, given his age, given his early success in his career. But we have to remember that first Super Bowl that they had, they were pretty considerable favorites against the the, 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 the Patriots. You know, we I think people thought it'd be a good game, but I think a lot of people favored L.A. going to that Super Bowl. And they just got just completely annihilated in terms yeah. of the way we think about Sean McVay's team, we think of offense. It was a it was a quote unquote close game. What was it, ten to three or something like that? 
But the Rams' offense just did not show up. And Bill Belichick and and, and Flores, those guys had them in jail. They had them in jail for 60 (laughs) minutes. And that was not a great showing, but I think a lot of people kind of said, well, you know, first time in the Super Bowl, they didn't know what to expect. He had Jared Goff. Now, now, yeah, then he was a quarterback. Then he was a young quarterback. I think even looking back now, we say, oh, well, we we now know he wasn't really even that good. Right. So I I think there was some people willing to put that performance, that really poor performance, to the side. Say, okay, we won't trip on that one. You lose to the greatest coach and quarterback of all time, even though that quarterback didn't do much. I'm not gonna go crazy. But I think when we talk about some of the stuff we saw in these playoffs. Some of the stuff we start during the season where, you know, Sean McVay is an, is an outstanding office of mine. We've seen the way they used Odell Beckham. We've seen the great numbers that Cooper Cup has put up. But we've seen some decision-making in these games, some of the, the play calling in certain situations that have looked questionable. And I think a lot of people, despite them winning these games, have said, yo, what's up with McVay? What's up with these decisions that he's making in these games? For someone who's no longer, he's a young coach, but he's not an inexperienced coach at this point. This guy's coaching Super Bowls. He's coaching playoff games. We expect to see a little bit more even coaching on that sidelines. And at times, it has looked chaotic on that Rams sideline, some of the decisions that we've seen them make. So I think going into this game, I think there's going to be very attentive eyes on, on, on how McVay calls this game. He's, he's going up against... A underrated, solid defense, but not some world-beater defense. He's coming in with a team that we all kind of expect to to win, or at least most people are expecting to win. He's coming with a team that, at the very least, a lot of people feel have more talent in this game. I think if he loses this game, this is this is this becomes a story. Is, is McVay really that dude? I think becomes a story if they don't win because of some of the doubts that he he is cast from his past that we now look back on going into this game and some of the stuff we've seen this season where the Rams have had a very uneven season and to, to add on to it, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit. It's a little different and especially considering, you know, golf went to Detroit, did nothing, but I do think he comes into this, him and, and, and the GM, they kind of come into this game with a little bit of that. Yeah. Less need. I think they come in a little bit with that, uh, that Jim Harbaugh, shine or lack of shine rather when he went to his Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick the whole deal was you had Alex Smith all season and you dumped him uh, you don't deserve to win Super Bowl if you do your boy like that and I think with 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 McVay and Snead they were they came in they were trying to develop this young kid this young quarterback things weren't going well the Rams had a miserable season last year and with the moves they made it was very easy for them to even though if they even though they didn't say it to point and say, it was really that kid's fault. It really wasn't our fault. It was that kid. And we'll give up every draft pick we have in our coffers to get someone better. Yeah. So Jared Goff has already got them to a Super Bowl. That's happened already. He did that as a kid. So him getting to the Super Bowl, we know McVay is a good coach. I don't want to say it's nothing, but okay, you got back to the Super Bowl. You got back there with a different quarterback. So that is somewhat impressive, but you got there with a better quarterback. So, Okay. Yes. If you, if they don't if they look suspect in this, I think they're gonna have that Jim Harbaugh thing being like, well, you know, you did all that and you kept saying the quarterback was a problem, and now look what happened. You still lost. Like 
I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on if this game gets tight, if we start seeing McVay make some quick, shaky, uh, questionable decisions, and if they somehow lose this game. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be fascinating because you have a guy um, – because, like you said, I mean, if you wind up, you you did all of that to get Matthew Stafford, made all these moves to get Matthew Stafford, to get Von Miller, to get Jalen Ramsey, and if the end result is no different than what it was when you had Jared Goff, um, and you're your Super Bowl runner up again. Look, these things are these are the, this is a game of inches, you know. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard. When it's <laughs> yeah, it's not we, like, don't, we don't want to minimize how difficult it is. Yeah, like just getting those guys, you you, you have to win a Super Bowl, right? But I mean, it's not. <laughs> they 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 may have been lucky to have even gotten there with Jared Goff. But with that being said, um, if they if like you said, if they if they lose and they lose badly or they look really bad and they don't play well, it's not gonna it's not gonna look good on management. It's not gonna look good on Sean McVay because. Like you said, we could blame Stafford all we want, but Jared Goff was the last guy who did this. Yeah. So it's not like at what point do we do we stop blaming the quarterback? You know, and, and look, start looking at the coach, and and that's that's what's interesting about this because McVay has he's like a win away from being legendary and a loss away from you know really funny in the light. Yeah, people that, think he's overrated. Like that's that's just that's just the facts of it. Yeah, and and. and it's it's tough, um, <laughs> it's tough because and, and and look again they 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 had a, a a they had a couple of really good breaks in that last San Francisco game which Absolutely. do scare me. Um, I mean I thought Kyle Shanahan's decision to punt on fourth and one or fourth and two, you know, late in that game. In hindsight, obviously it's costing the game. Yeah. But at the time, you know, it was just not a good decision. Uh, given, you know, if you get that, if you get that first down, it's game over for yeah. the most part. And, uh, you know, those types of decisions had nothing to do with Sean McVay. I mean, again, Jokowski Tarts dropped, Kyle Shanahan deciding to punt. That was out of his control, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they, and they, 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 they got lucky in those in those regards. And so, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how this game is coached on both sides, because like you said, on the flip side, Zach Taylor is Matthew Stafford in this equation where he's got yes. no pressure. Yes. He's got he's got no pressure. It's you know nobody's even looking at me. Um, I mean, obviously, you know the city of Cincinnati really wants to win a championship. Yeah. I'm sure he really wants to win a championship. So there's there's built in there's inherent pressure in just the moment. But in terms of who who are who are the the, the media vultures circling on circling around. It's not Zach Taylor. Um, nobody expects his team to win. Nobody expects him to to be the one to to blow the game. Um, but with that being said, you know he just he can't be can't be Brandon Daly against Vegas. You know that's really uh, yeah. that's just the bar. Where it's like don't do anything where you're perceived as costing your team the game. And yeah, and, we'll say you had a great season no matter what yeah. happens. You know it's funny when we look at these two teams. If you just do like a snapshot of just what this th- these two teams have accomplished, because again we've talked about, you know we we we've banged the drum all all show talking about how, you know the Rams are the favorites, but when you look at these teams and what they've accomplished this year and what they what the, the work that they got done this year, when it comes to the NFL rankings and very important numbers, they're almost identical. 
they're literally identical when it comes to points scored per game, both at 27.1. That was seventh in the league. When it comes to points allowed, the Bengals were 22nd, were 17th, the Rams were 15th. Came to takeaways, Bengals 16th, Rams 13th. Passing yards per game, Bengals 7th, Rams 5th. Rushing yards per game, Bengals 23rd, Rams 25th. When it comes to defensive stats, defensive passing yards allowed per game, Bengals 26, Rams 22. Rushing yards allowed, Bengals 5th, Rams 6th. Most of these, there's not, there's only a, the most out of all those categories, only the, uh, only the, the passing yards allowed per game was there more than a four team difference in the NFL rankings. These teams have kind of played similar seasons, despite the fact that the Rams have had a slightly better record when we think about the averages of how things turn out. That's just a very, I just thought that was an a, a interesting note to think about when we think about these two teams coming into this game. Joe Burrow has been a lot of the talk, and he should be, as I said. The guy is a, is a young stud, had an incredible season, really came into his own, I thought, towards the end of the year, and then we've seen what he's done in the playoffs. Are you concerned that this, I'm not going to sit here and say he's never going to win a Super Bowl like Dan Marino, but are you a little concerned that, He's kind of coming in year two now with all this hype, all this praise, kind of like how Dan Marino did in his second year coming into the Super Bowl, that this guy is the one. He's going to win multiple Super Bowls. This is the beginning of his coronation. You know the Rams are tired of hearing. You know that defense is tired of hearing about Joe Burrow all week. They probably feel like they've played better quarterbacks this playoffs when you talk about at the very least Tom Brady. Do you have any concern about this moment potentially being too big for Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow is one of his biggest attributes to me is that he's unflappable. When you talk about him in college, when you talk about what we've seen from him, even in his rookie year playing behind that terrible offensive line, and what we've seen from him this season, is that it doesn't seem like the moment or the pressure or the degree of difficulty ever really affect him all that much. But that was when he was kind of below the radar. That was when we were all you know, clamoring over Justin Herbert during the season. You know, that was when we had no expectations for the Bengals in their first year. That was when he goes to LSU and he's a transfer and the first year doesn't go that great. And we had no expectation for him in his senior year at LSU. Now, I know he's still, of course, he's played enough championship games. He won a Heisman. He's been the number one pick. But now I just feel like this, this microscope is as tight as it's ever been on Joe Burrow, the star, do you feel like he's up for the task or could this be a problem heading into Sunday? Um, I'm not concerned about it at all. Uh, okay. I I feel like Joe Burrow, um, like you said, if there's anything I'm concerned about, uh, that I'm not concerned about about Joe Burrow, it's um, will he be ready to play on Sunday? I, I think he'll be ready to play. Um, you know, you can have all of the X factor, all of the it factor, the intangible factor, whatever you want to call it uh, in the world. But if your offensive line can't block for you, it doesn't really matter. Um, and that's what that's what concerns you. Um, expect a lot of quick game from 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 Cincinnati. Um, you know, I expect, again, a lot of a lot of establishing the running game to try and keep 
those guys at bay as much as you can. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they cover Jamar Chase. Uh, we saw we saw Cincinnati in the first half of that Kansas City game kind of struggle to be able to get Chase involved. Yes, with you know Kansas City doing an excellent job of you know basically doubling him uh, the whole game. Uh, at least you know the first half they they doubled him, and then Cincinnati found ways to to get him open. They found ways to to to, to distract. And 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 throw some eye candy around and sort of get the double team off of Chase. And Chase is such a good playmaker. I mean, he he didn't have many opportunities to make plays in that Kansas City game, but he he did anyway. Uh, you know, yes. every opportunity he had in that second half, he pretty much cashed in. Besides that interception uh, that Burrow threw, um, and that's that's going to be that's going to be huge. And that's why that matchup of Ramsey and and, and Chase is going to be big because will we see a double team? from from them you know will they feel like ramsey one-on-one is going to be fine you know i think ramsey did an admirable job on mike evans you know uh in that game against tampa particularly earlier in the game he did get toasted at the end. yeah yeah eventually you know you you, you play with fire eventually you're gonna get burnt you know and that's that's, that's what happened um jamar chase strikes me as another guy who if you're trying to play him one-on-one all game that's the matchup that Cincinnati is looking for. So, I mean, you can try it, but, um, you know, it, it, as great as Jalen Ramsey is, I, I don't know if that's a guy, you know, he oh, he can win. If he wins eight of the ten battles, that's great. But if Chase wins two of them and that, that those two are end up being, you know, touchdowns, then it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, so it's, it's going to be – that'll be an interesting matchup. And then those other guys also finding ways to get loose as well. We saw T. Higgins sort of reemerge. He's been a little sleepy these last couple of weeks, but we saw him reemerge in that he was Kansas a, City. He was a he was a beast in that Kansas City game. Yeah, yeah, we saw him really be, and that was huge because again they were they they were trying to take Jamar Chase out of the game, and they did for the most part. But when that happens, you need to. Bro was definitely forcing the issue with Jamar Chase, and obviously we get it. He's a great he's a great player, but you also have to involve a guy like T. Higgins, who we know can also be uh, a stud as well. Um, and 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 Tyler Boyd is going to be huge uh, in his own right. So especially without CJ Uzama, uh, he, I mean yeah, he may he play. He says he's trying to play. I don't know how he's going to be effective coming off an MCL sprain in two weeks. That it's so bizarre how that both doesn't sound. That doesn't sound like somebody that's going to be a factor. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so bizarre how him and TJ Higby or Tyler Higby are dealing with uh, similar similar. Yeah, and Higby, they're saying like he, it's. They're saying as of now that they don't sound good about him playing. Yeah. So it's like now, of course, they're you know for the doctors that listen to the pod, the medical people listen to the pod. I know there are grade one, grade two sprains and things like that. So perhaps you know the grade of sprain that that Uzama has is not the same as as Higby's. Though I mean Uzama was carted off and was crying. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I mean, and then was on crutches, you know, on the sidelines in that AFC Championship game. So he didn't look like a guy that'd be ready to go in two weeks, but. Uh, it is a Super Bowl, and it's all on the line. I know he has said that he he he's not going to miss this game. I, again, I, my question would be, what would be his effectiveness come game time? I think when it comes to important matchups to watch in this one, Kendall, I think the one that I think I'm going to be probably most paying attention to is Hendrickson versus Whitworth for... Um, 
And we got to see if Whitworth, I guess, is going to play. But I know, I'm know i sure he's going to also do whatever it takes to try to get on the field for this game. No, I think that I, I think that that I think, you know, we you know, you talked a lot about the, the matchup between um, Ramsey and and and, uh, and, and, uh, and Jamar Chase, which, of course, is going to be a big deal. But I, I think that when we talk about kind of the nitty gritty of this game, Hendrickson, as I said earlier, has just been maniacal as a pass rusher, especially down the stretch here for the, uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Whitworth is an ageless wonder. It's, it's incredible that the guy is still playing at this point in his career. It's, he's 40 years old. It's a, kind of a neat story about a guy who spent so much of his career playing for the Cincinnati Bengals. When Joe Burrow got hurt last season, he was chilling at Andrew Whitworth's house. They were rehabbing together in Los Angeles. Like, his ties to the Bengal organization are very deep. He's one of the greatest Bengals of all time. And it's, 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 it's kind of fitting that when we come into this big game, the biggest game of obviously Andrew Whitworth's life and the biggest game of the Bengals uh, franchise, that I think a lot of it is going to come down to uh, one of their fran- former franchise cornerstones against one of their current franchise cornerstones. Because like I said before, I think the Bengals are going to have to get some turnovers here. I think they're going to have to get some, some splash plays defensively. And if you're looking for somebody to do that, the first guy I'm looking at is Hendrickson. And if Whitworth, he's practiced, you know, he's been full go in practice this week. So the, the, the idea is that he's going to be out there. How healthy will he be? And will he be ready for that task? Because that is not going to be an easy, easy task for him at all. Even when it comes to, 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 to even blocking Hubbard, who's also had a good season this year. The Bengals can get after you. So uh, Whitworth versus those pass rushers, very important matchup, I think, in this game. Do you have a matchup you want to highlight for uh, for this game between the Rams, Rams and the Bengals? Uh yeah, I mean I love that uh, I love that mention matchup you mentioned. Um you know, I, I Hendrickson, like you said, has, has been has been excellent. Um I mean it's it's not really I mean, like I said, I mean the the matchup between Chase and Ramsey obviously is gonna be awesome. But um to me I, I think guys that uh, a a matchup or or even a guy that I think is gonna be another X factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, is gonna be uh, Logan Wilson on that that Cincinnati defense. Logan Wilson and Jesse Bates. I mean, both those yeah. guys need 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 to make splash plays. And yeah. I know that 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 is is it's asking, I guess, for a lot. But you know, this you're when you're when you're talking about winning these games on the margins, turnovers are huge. We talked about Stafford's propensity to turn the ball over. We talked about Cam Akers being a little shaky with the ball since he's come back, you're going to have to, you're going to have to take advantage of that. If you're Cincinnati and those two guys have been playmakers all season, um, they've made plays in these playoffs and, and that's, that's going to be huge um, for Cincinnati. If, if they can win this game, they're going to need to find ways to turn them over. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I also think just the matchup between, Aaron Donald and and the five, <laughs> the yeah, five yeah, the whole the whole offensive line because they're all the going to be line, they're all going to have to deal with them. Yeah, he, yeah they yeah, move yeah, they move Donald around. Yeah, they move Donald around. Um, they're yeah. going to be doubling him and tripling him for a lot of this game. So yes, that also will be a key matchup. And I think when you look at an X factor for this game for me, I look at Von Miller. I think that in many ways, 
how he plays, I think, could very well determine who wins this game. Right. Because we, we know the Bengals, any team that plays the Rams, first stop is you got to get Donald on the, uh, uh, Arnold on the, uh, 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 Donald under control. Yeah. Um, if, if Aaron Donald gets loose, he's rushing up the middle, and you can't stop him, you're, it's lights out. You have 0% chance of beating them in that kind of game. But if they can keep him under control with double teams, with, with a lot of help with sliding the line towards him, that should open up things for Von Miller. Von Miller was just chilling when he was playing for the Denver Broncos this year. He really wasn't much of a factor. He got to L.A., and the guy has looked a lot more like the ferocious pass rusher that we've known him to be for the majority of his career. And I think that when it comes to this game, he it, it, a lot of it's going to come down to if he's going to be facing one-on-one coverage, which I think he's going to get a lot of, you know, you, you know, because he's an end, you can chip him and, and, and get the running back involved, and I'm sure they'll do plenty of that. But I think he's the guy that can end up making the big plays on defense for the Rams. I know Donald's going to make some plays because he's Donald. But assuming the, the Bengals sell out on not allowing Donald to beat them, it's going to be up to Von Miller. And Von Miller against those tackles is, to me, uh, a very, very – I'd be very tenu- you know, very nervous, very anxious if I was a Bengals fan thinking about uh, thinking about Von Miller going one-on-one against those guys. I think he's maybe the biggest X factor in this entire game. Yeah, man. I mean, like you said, Donald. In many ways, he's like the T. Higgins of this of this team, where or the Odell, where it's like, you know, yeah, they're gonna try and take away the star, but when you have a second guy who's also dynamic, uh, you can't take away both of them. Um, and we've seen that in this in this postseason. While Donald's been able to get home, we've also seen Leonard Floyd and and Von Miller and Greg Gaines as well be able to make plays on that defensive line um, that have been able to to just wreak havoc really pretty much all postseason. Um, man, I just think the key for Cincinnati, if they can keep this game on low scoring, uh, for and which is odd for a team that is, you know, that likes to put up points. Uh, That's interesting. You think a low scoring game helps them? I think a low scoring game does. Why is that? Um, well, first of all, you look at the nature and way they, the way they've won all these games. I mean, right. besides they, the they've not game. been they've not really been shootouts per se. No, they haven't really been shootouts. Um, they haven't been able to put up that many points with the way their offensive line has played for the most part. Mm. Um, and it, to me, I feel like the Rams, on the other hand, were dominant against Arizona. Were dominant against Tampa for you know two and a half quarters. Uh, the one game they probably should have lost. It was low scoring. It was tight. It was tense. They got sweaty, but they were just <laughs> they were able to make plays down the stretch. And uh, Kyle Shanahan was the one that 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 sold <laughs> uh, in that game. But um, but in this in this matchup, you know, I don't know if like the look <laughs> as we saw again the the three teams that they've played. We saw Kyler shrivel under the pressure. We saw Brady almost make a miraculous comeback um, in a situation where the Rams got tight when it got close. And then in that conference championship game, we saw Jimmy G fold under pressure. I don't, I'm think, I think Joe Burrow is more likely to be Tom Brady in that equation than he will be Kyler and Jimmy G. I could be wrong. Like you say, the young guy, but that's what scares me is if this is a close game, 
down the stretch, who do I trust more in that fourth quarter? Maybe you say, <laughs> it's not Matthew Stafford, it's Cooper Cup. Right. You know, it's Odell that I trust. And maybe that's the case. But uh, of the quarterbacks, I'm, I'm taking Joe Burrow. So I think you just keep it low scoring, keep it tight, keep it close. Interesting. It's an interesting way to look at that. I guess I guess the reason why I wouldn't be so scared, I, I get the idea, you know, the more and more you have to make big plays against this team, the better chances for that path for us to, to, to turn the game around. So I, I get that idea. I guess because I look at the Bengals and I see game breakers, that maybe I wouldn't be – if the game gets to be that kind of game, I don't know if I'd be as afraid of, of you know, letting loose say, all right, this is what it's going to be. Because Jamar Chase, as we've seen, he can catch a ball five yards and take it 70. Um, we know T. Higgins' big playability, especially on uh, jump balls. We know Joe Mixon can make big plays. And we know Joe Burrow is going to keep slinging the rock. We know he's not going to be afraid uh, to get in that kind of game. So I think that they have the the wherewithal and they have the the the, the oomph, so to speak, to say, nah, we'll stand and trade with you guys. And if you're talking about a boxing uh, you know, analogy, you could argue, do they want to get in a game like that? Or would you prefer to have it more a slower pace, things like that? I, I could see, see what you're saying in that regard because, you know, I we we both agree. I think the Bengals have to make some splash plays on defense, but you know I think we kind of expect there to be some ran splash plays. So if you're getting that kind of shootout, you're going to need probably more than just a few splash plays from the Bengals from the uh, Bengals defense to to make an impact. Uh, we've talked a bunch about this game. I want to take before we get into like really picks and things like that. I want to take a, a brief aside and talk about one of my favorite topics every year, Kendall, which are Super Bowl prop bets. I've always been a big fan of them. I just find them really interesting and funny in so many levels. And there are several that we have for this um, for this Super Bowl. So I will list off a few. So, of course, the first thing we always think about is the national anthem. is be performed by Mickey Guyton. I'll be honest. I have not heard of this person until this <laughs> me preparing for this segment. Oh, so it's a it's a it's a female. So apologies um, to make yes, if I yes. say guy. I don't know if I did. Um, okay, yeah. So so I, I'm not I'm I'm not familiar with this this artist. I believe she's a country singer. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, so she will be singing the national anthem. Big moment, of course, and it's one of the. I think it's probably the most uh, famous kind of like non football prop bet that gets <laughs> talked about going into the game. So Kendall. I'm gonna give you the prop bets. And I'm gonna give you. I want you to give you my take. Give you. Give us your takes on them. The national anthem. Right now, the over under for Mickey Guyton's national anthem is one minute and fifty five seconds. Are you taking the over or under in that regard? Um, I've never heard a song from her, so this is gonna be me picking blind here. But <laughs> that. So <laughs> it's funny. I saw a. I think I, it might have been a TikTok breaking it down. You like what? 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 What's her? What's her track record? The weirdest thing. I was like, people, people looking into this. Stuff. I mean, look, man. If there's money to be made, people are gonna do the research. People are gonna do the research. <laughs> Apparently, she did a. She she did a. She did the national anthem at like the country music awards, something like that. Ah, okay. And it was 86 seconds. So you're you're saying it's like one oh whatever that is. Would you say a minute? Uh, 55? Yeah, a minute and 55 seconds was the number that they, they set it to. Well, so what's that? 105. Uh, if I'm doing uh, that. 
Uh, oh Jesus! Now you're gonna make us do math live on the air. Oh, uh, one. So sixty seconds. So uh, yeah, one fifteen exactly. Yeah, one fifteen. You know, that's thirty. That's that's you, you give or take thirty seconds. If you're doing the same song, if you're doing the same type of national anthem. That will say under. Under, okay. Uh, Super Bowl's a big spot. There yeah. are times. Look, that, and that 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 last chord can 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 go for a while. You know, yes, it can go for a while. At home with the brave, you know, you can hold that. And if you hold that for 10, 10 seconds, that could be the difference. I guess the thing for me, though, is I don't think of country singers as, and I swear I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I, I don't think of country singers as people who, like, are going to bellow out, like, notes, you know, for extended periods of time because they can. You know? Right. I feel like country singers are very, I mean that in a good way. I think they're very efficient. Like they right. know their skill set, they know what they're trying to get across. You have great country singers, got people with amazing voices, but I don't really think of them as people who are gonna like you know embellish and, and lengthen the song unnecessarily. So I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under on that one. Uh, so that that would be my take on that. Okay, so let's do another one. Let's do. Let's see here, because um, there's a, a big list here. Um, oh, I like this one. So halftime, you have. Big halftime show, the G Funk halftime, because you got Dr. Dre, you got Snoop, you got Eminem, and you got uh, Mary J. Blige. Shout out to New York City representing Kendrick. <laughs> and did I say Kendrick? I didn't say Kendrick, yeah, Kendrick Lamar. Sorry about that. Um, so, big musical acts. The question that they ask is let me see, I got this here. Who will be the first to speak, sing, or rap during the halftime show? Dre, Snoop, Mary, Kendrick, or M. The Essentially, it's going to be who's... It, it, we could say it means who's opening, but I don't know if that's really fair. Because if, right, right, like, if Mary's assisting one of these guys, one of these guys it doesn't mean she's actually going to be opening. But, but, so that's kind of the, yeah, all that's the weird, that's the weird kind of thing with this, this prop bet. Yeah. So your, your, your first instinct is to say, I mean, look, Dr. Dre is sort of the face of this thing that they've been putting together. Um, so even if he doesn't perform his first song, he may be the one, the first person to come out and say something. Um, but I don't, that I don't know. That's a point, too. I didn't think about that. It, it, it's, you know. And by the way, for the odds, yeah, what is the, uh, odd? the Dr. Dre is at 150, Snoop's at 180, M's at 250, Mary is at 300, and Kendrick's at 350. This is so fluky that I would I would say just go with Kendrick and just say you know what just take the yeah. anything anything's possible so like I, I think Kendrick at three fifty I think is pretty decent particularly but, if they're going in order of like youngest and yeah you know least uh, I mean you know somebody say he's bigger than than a lot of these people but you know the 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 person who's gonna be least familiar to older people yeah and if they want to kind of like show respect in some ways exactly say look I know he's a massive megastar. But he's the young buck in this, so you have to open. Yeah. Even if it doesn't make sense from, like, doing the show. Doing a concert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Mary. I think that I think Mary at 300 also isn't that bad. I think that there's a great chance that it'll start with her singing the hook of one of these guys' songs. Right. And it'll transition. Like, because when I think about, like, the Super Bowl show, like, it's like she she feels kind of like an like the odd person now in terms of like why this would make sense because we know all the, all of the other four acts have very close ties to Dre, 
Right. Um, or three acts, I guess. Uh, when it comes to Mary, you know, that's a totally different, you know, area of the country, not close ties to Dre. <clears throat> so I'm wondering, she'll definitely get some songs in, but I think if you're talking about how many songs she performs, I think she'll have the least amount of songs that she'll perform. So, again, I think she'll be kind of like the ultimate hype woman, if that makes sense. I think you'll see her assisting in a lot of, in, in improving a lot of these guys' songs with her vocals. So I'm going to go with Mary. I'm going to say that she sings a very soulful thing to start, and they end up, uh, and she's the first person. And I think plus 300, I think that's much better. Dre at 150, would, it would, I would be so mad if he didn't start. Because <laughs> yeah. like I think that logic you said about her, him saying, yo, he's the host technically, so like he should probably say something would make sense. But it, that's it, why he's the like, favorite. Yeah, that's why he's a favorite. I, I, I would be so mad if they if they went with him first. Staying on that note, I think this is also a very uh, cool bet here. What will be the first song played during the halftime show? At this is fascinating to me that they even have like real odds and number for this because I like the, the odds they have here. I would not have picked these odds to be the first song that gets played, but California Love is at two fifty. Right, that's the first song that came to mind. The next episode is at three seventy five. Family Affairs at four fifty. Still DRE is at five hundred. Nothing but a G things at six hundred. Lose yourselves at six fifty. Drop it like it's hot at seven hundred. All the stars is at nine hundred, and uh, <laughs> humble is at nine hundred. Then then you uh, also have and then you also have the opportunity to take the field, but it, they don't they didn't list the odds here for what the field would be. The field is also <laughs> again. I don't know what the odds would be for that, but that 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 seems like the smart money. But I would um, think so too. Let's be honest. Yeah, because I'm like, what are, what are the odds that you pick one of those one of those songs correctly? But because <laughs> um, I hear it, I'm like, it can't be. I mean, again, California Love is a pretty good bet if you want to be like, if you want to stay safe and be like, ah, let, let me just start off with that. Just you know, a quick thing of that, just to you know, set the theme of what this is. But. um but if not, then I would I would guess that uh, I think still Dre is a is a is a good bet, um, and and I, I I think I think humble is also a pretty good bet. And I know that I, was pretty. I, I thought humble at nine hundred was maybe stealing. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, like that's pretty it's pretty good. Because I because again I think we both kind of thought about the idea that you know if Kendrick opens, if he opens. It's that probably has, that song. That has to be the song. I'd like, be shocked I, if he to me, all like, stars. like what scares me about if Dre opens is I think all of those songs have decent chances. I think we right. both California Love probably has the 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 best you know thing, but I was, I can see him going with almost any any of those. But to me, if it's Kendrick, to me, you got to go from what came out most recently, and. I mean, I also think that that would be a great tone setter. Like, I, to me, if you start a concert, like, I'm trying to think. I've I've seen Kendrick. I'm trying to. I don't think he did. He. I think he did open with Humble when I saw Kendrick at MSG. Interesting. So I, I, maybe, I that's some, maybe that's some maybe that's some uh, some <laughs> some insider information yeah, for people listening to the show trying to trying to take notes on what they want to do. I'm almost positive he opened with Humble when he came out. So that's a that's an interesting one. You parlay that with Kemba with uh, with Kendrick going first. <laughs> Actually, my, my girlfriend just walked in, and I'm going to get her in the, in the mix here real quick. Oh, no. We're doing Super Bowl prop bet, so it's not sports-related, okay. so it's just fun stuff. So we were trying to figure out who will be the first to speak, sing, or rap during the halftime show. You have Dre, Snoop, M, Mary, or Kendrick. Who would you go with? 
opening. That's what I did. That's what you said. That's, that's what I said. That's why, that's why we're together. She said that's why we're together. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. Shout out to Andre. Lynch, <laughs> uh, making a, a cameo appearance here on, <laughs> on the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. So she goes with Mary as well. But yeah, this these these songs again. I would be I would be surprised if if he played all the stars first. Uh, that would shock me. I would be shocked. It's, yeah. it, you know, it's, it, I don't know. I mean, it's, well, also if you do all the stars, well, so all the stars is interesting because you know obviously SZA is a big part of that. I'm sure Mary is just gonna do. SZA's yeah, I mean, would part, she be there? Which, I probably not. No, no, no. SZA is not gonna be a part of this. I don't think it's gonna yeah. be Mary. Mary's gonna just be SZA for that whenever they perform, if they perform that song. So. I, I always hate that kind of stuff. I'm like, you have someone else sing the song. It de- it depends. Sometimes <laughs> it works well. Sometimes it Wait, doesn't. Like, like for example, like when Elton John did, you know, did the did the sample of for uh, for Eminem when he did uh, when he did stand at the uh, Oscars. Yeah. Like that's yeah. one to where like okay, he elevated that song. Nothing wrong. Nothing. No disrespect to Ditto, but like him performing live on the piano, like you know that was that was a moment. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that it's all bad, but. But I'll be honest. I think I'm gonna go with. I might go with humble. My second choice, because I really do think Kendrick might open. But my second choice would be would be still Dre. I think I think that that's if I was Dre, that's what I would start with. Yeah. I, to me, like for a, when I think of Super Bowl halftime performances, you need like the first few notes to be hard hitting and iconic. Yeah. I don't know, like California Love. You know, the, the first notes are someone's voice. Now, of course, you don't have yeah. to do it exactly how the studio <laughs> record was. But it's someone saying California love. And I'm like, I, you know, and, the, and it's, it's one of my favorite Dre instrumentals of all time. But I don't think of those first few notes being the hard-hitting kind of tone-setting thing that you need for an opening song. So if I was picking a Dre song, I would totally think it's going to be still DRE. I've, I've seen, like, uh, one of my favorite, like, experiences of being in Los Angeles was going to a Clipper game. And that was the song they used for their, like, uh, starters introductions. And I want to say that was one of the hardest introductions I've ever seen for a basketball team. I'm telling you not. Like, it was spectacular. So, if I, I think still DRE, if Dre opens, is a pretty decent bet. But I would still lean towards, um, I would still lean towards uh, Humble at 900. It's just... It's just I think again, if he if Kendrick opens, I think that's a really good bet. And I think there's a chance. I think Vegas, you know, let's say knows on the wheel. No, um, I think there's a much better chance that 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 happens. Last thing on the halftime show before we get to some of the other fun bets, and then we wrap the show with the picks in this game. That just was, was like hilarious to me. Um, will any of the following three? So you get any of these, Kendall? Will any of these cameo appearances happen during the halftime show? Jay Z. Ice Cube or Tupac's hologram. Now, for if you, those familiar, when 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 Snoop performed at Coachella, a hologram of Tupac performed um, with him. He performed Hail Mary and and I think he performed uh, Two of America's uh, Most Wanted. But will either of those appear in this situation, Kendall? <laughs> what are the odds on that? The athletic shout out to athletic. They're killing me with this because they didn't put the. They actually didn't put the odds on this one, which is annoying. I mean, what am I? What am I getting? I mean, yeah. Um, you know, if we're if we're just gonna throw out like I don't know plus three hundred. Yeah, let's yeah. You know, I would I would say, man, Ice Cube, 
Uh, Ice Cube seems like the most likely in that in that scenario, but I'm gonna say no. I'll be yeah. surprised. I'm gonna say no too. I feel like we kind of. I feel like Super Bowl has kind of gotten no. This, I think I will say I think of all the Super Bowl performances, this is the one I think of recent history that's most likely to have some random person show up. Like the I only like reason recently, why I don't know. If I feel like recently, like whoever's been the performance, that's just been it. They just haven't brought in like right. other guests to kind of come in and help. That's not the only reason that 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 the only reason why I, that scares me is that, or why I don't know if that's gonna happen is because they already have five people. So I'm like, mm. bringing in other people does get chaotic at that point. I mean, maybe not. I'm worried about timing. I'm like, how long is this thing gonna be with five people? You know, like they are they each doing two songs or they each you know, like you said, maybe Mary and J. Blige isn't doing any of for songs. I don't know. Um, but that's what it, I'm curious. Uh is how long this thing's gonna be. So one of the things that we also do on this uh podcast network is talk about superheroes. And one of the prop bets is related to Super Bowl super superheroes, Kendall. So one of the bets mm-hmm. is which actor who has played an MCU character will show up in a Super Bowl commercial first? Now, I guess there's information that there are several front people that will definitely appear this year um, in, in Super Bowl commercials. So Paul Rudd is on Frito-Lay. Brie Larson is on uh, Nissan. And Salma Hayek is on BMW. Again, <laughs> I don't have odds listed here, so apologies to the people at home. But where would you go with this one? Um, you said Paul Rudd was Frito Lay, Salma Hayek was BMW. Yes, and uh, and Nissan was Brie Larson. I'm gonna guess that we see Paul Rudd first. That's my guess. Some yeah, sort I think of I, early commercial. Yeah, I feel like Frito kind of makes their presence felt early in the game. They make their presence. I feel like they're one of those where it's like. Yeah, like, some sort of the commercial. game is just starting like Fritos is hitting you over the head with something very trippy. So yeah, I think I, I think yeah. I'd agree with that. I think I I think I I'd buy that. Ant Man Ant Man's movie comes out what next year? Two twenty twenty three. Yes. So so Captain Marvel is a movie this year. So that is something to be to be to of note. You know, <laughs> would Nissan want to try to cash in on something that like after that? Like, can I get Bender, can, I, can I get Oslo and Benedict Cumberbatch? oh man okay so i think the last thing um we'll do for this i'm not going to do the gatorade winning because i feel like we always do that but i think that sometimes that gives away our picks so i'm going to hold off on that one but i think (laughs) another game related one that we can do is who will the mvp of this game thank first uh his teammates god or jesus the city, the coach or owner, the family, or fans. <laughs> There's no odds. This is just a, this is even. I'm guessing it's all even. Yeah, it's all even on this one. Um, <laughs> what's the first one you said? Um, team, teammates. Yeah, teammates. teammates. Yeah, teammates. You going with teammates? Yeah. Uh, I think my teammates. I'm going Who's God. You? I'm going God or Jesus. It, <laughs> that's a good bet. You're not. You're, you're not off. Yeah, but, I feel like that's that's like a. 
And what happens if they say, oh, my God, first? Does that count? I wonder if that counts. Nah. <laughs> well, look, EJ's trying to fight it. EJ's like, look, man. I, I want to know the rule. I want to know all the rules for this stuff. I, I think I would go, I think I'd go with, with God or Jesus. Do you get credit if it's like, you know, Allah or someone? Probably. Someone, how <laughs> you should, I think. Yeah, I don't, oh, I, feel, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think there's any way. I don't think there's any way the coach is gonna get thanked first. Yeah, or the owner. Yeah, I don't think the owner either. I think yeah. teammates if are it, good. If it's back. an angle, then the city becomes the city. I think player. definitely becomes. Well, you if say that, fan, but remember the Rams are playing at home, and you know a lot of corporate suits in there. But I'm sure they'll want to shout out the city. But that is true. Good yeah. Point. So, so I think I think the city's in play for both teams and, and whoever wins the MVP. I, I do agree. That I think the Bengals, the city has a much better chance. But, but I think the LA, I don't think it's, it's completely out of out of whack there. But those are the, those are some of the, the the fun prop bets for the Super Bowl this year. Again, it's always one of my favorite topics we do every year when we talk about this game. I think we've talked enough about this game, really, in terms of the X's and O's and some of the matchups that that we have. Unless Kendall has anything else, I think we're 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 ready to get some picks here. Yes. So let's do it, man. So I'll I'll, let, I'll toss it to you, Kendall. Rams versus Bengals, SoFi Stadium. Bengals four and a half point favorite. Excuse me, uh, four and a half point underdog coming into this game against the Rams. Who do you have, and what score do you have for the game? And if you want to give me a Super Bowl MVP, we can do that as well. Yes. Um. We. So it's interesting. I'll I'll go. The reports are the Rams are very confident heading into this game. Um, they they feel like they they know something. <laughs> it feels like they know something. I think they feel like they know something that gives them an edge. Um, but do do they have a mole? Like what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Hey, hey, look, man. It, it, <laughs> think about Bill Belichick and some of the some of the the funny. 20 wins that they've had over the years uh, hey, in New England. Hey, good point. Um, I'm not saying they've had any moles, but I'm saying they they know stuff about teams <laughs> going into games like like you know uh, Belichick asking when they played the Rams, asking his his, his guy up in the booth, "Where's McVay? Where's McVay?" You know, trying <laughs> to follow them on the sideline as if that that like meant something about what the Rams were going to do offensively. Again, weird stuff like that where they they know stuff that 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 the team is giving away. But um talking about that, not not stuff like, oh, we cut their their headphones <laughs> their their <laughs> and things like that. Or we were filming their sidelines or anything like that. You're talking yeah, about you more know, I, more stats analysis. Things that, like that. <laughs> but, but it's a story they can't tell uh, on that as well. But um but yeah no I mean what I will say is uh they again yeah, they are confident. Um I think it's gonna be close and I think if it's close it's the Bengals. If it's a blowout, I don't think the Bengals will blow the Rams out. I'd be I'd be beyond shocked. And maybe that's not a hot take, but if it is close, I don't. I'd be surprised if the Rams pulled it, pulled it out. And I think it will be close. I've got Cincinnati. Um, I'll go Cincinnati twenty, Rams seventeen. Interesting. Low scoring. Okay. Twenty seventeen. I want the I want the I want the Bengals to win this so bad. One because, you know, I'm not someone who really is sentimental about really rooting for any teams other than my own. But I talked about last week. So you know how important this 
is for Cincinnati, the people of Cincinnati, the city as a whole, seeing um, this well, poverty franchise rise up gives you hope as a Jet fan that one day it could be you. I've always really liked Joe Burrow just as a talent, as a football player. I love, I love Jamar Chase as a, also as a talent, as a football player. So there's a lot of reasons for me to root for the Bengals this weekend. And I will be rooting for the Bengals this weekend. I just feel like Super Bowl Sunday, to me, typically separates the men from the boys. It feels like the Bengals are the kids going into this game and the Rams are the men. And as much as I would love to see it, I just think that the, the Rams will be a little bit more mature, a little bit ready. Uh, they, they've all been waiting for this moment. This is why Ramsey got there. This is why Von Miller got there. This is why they got rid of all those first round picks. This is why Stafford's there. They've all been waiting for this. So I kind of expect them to kind of take the approach of business as usual going into this game. I think they'll take care of business. I think that it will be a competitive game. I don't think this will be a blowout. But I think the Rams will, will control it for the most part. I don't think this is going to be a nip and tuck kind of game. I think the pass rush is too much for Burrow and the Bengals to handle. I think you'll see big plays made by Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham. And I do think that Von Mills is going to make his presence felt in this game. I'm going to have the Rams win this one by a final score of 31-23. to 23. My Super Bowl MVP will be Von Miller, by the way. Wow. Um, yep, going interesting. Defense. And do you have a dark horse? I think or he's I mean, a dark horse pick. Yeah, he um, is a dark horse. Value picking him is, is, is wild. Uh, um, I think I think Odell's a dark horse. I think I think the, it's the way if they really. It may, I mean, I, I bet you the betting odds are probably not that great on him because everybody knows who he is. But I think for football fans, I don't think anybody's running to him for the MVP. But. I expect the Bengals to kind of roll a lot of covers at Cooper Cup, try to take him away, and as we've seen, when they teams have done that, usually he's he's hurt teams. So if the Bengals try to do that, he's up against Eli Apple one-on-one. I don't like that matchup for the Bengals at all. So I guess he would be my second guy. Um, To me, uh, for me, the MVP of this game, it'll be Joe Burrow. Um, but I think a dark, a dark horse guy... Um, <laughs> if you're if you're looking to make a Malcolm Butler pick, if you're looking to make a guy where it's like, man, no one even knows who this guy is, but he can win MVP. Um, I think Evan McPherson is, is probably an interesting bet as well. I don't know where he's I think at, so but, too. Yeah. Um, you know, if he hits a game-winning field goal, <laughs> and it's like a sloppy game, they may just give it to him. Um, give him every, the, the what he's done in these in this postseason, but. Uh, Logan Wilson, I think it, it, Logan Wilson and Jesse Bates. I mentioned both of them earlier in the game, or, or earlier in this in this podcast. But yeah. if either one of those guys makes a big play, and it's like a momentum changer, they could wind up. They could wind up finding themselves. Yeah, yeah, I mean, defensive players to me, in some ways, kind of have a way better advantage than offensive players because you know Joe Burrow to win the MVP, he's got to play good for like fifty plays. Defensive yeah. player, you can make play. You can play. You can make one play and be the MVP. You know, or you can make two or three and become the MVP. So, I, I think I agree. I think that I, and those odds on those guys must be just the floor. So, I would definitely take a flyer on them if I was if I thought the Bengals were going to win. Especially Wilson. Yeah, that, Wilson's always all around the ball. The odds on Wilson are are fifty thousand. Oh yeah, I would. Yeah, come on. <laughs> you put five dollars. Yeah. You come out with like five thousand. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's easy money to me. That's easy money. You know, that, that that's a, that's easy. So yeah, ten dollars is, is is five thousand. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That's not that's that's a that's not a crazy investment. I would, I would <laughs> put that down. Because he's the guy. I mean, he made the game winning pick against the, the Titans. Yeah, and he's been and he's again the guy's always around the ball. He's always making yeah. plays, and he's just one of these kind of unsung kind of guys that has 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 really been one of the the best defensive players on that team. And linebackers are not the terrible bet that you think. Because right. remember, the, the, the guy from the Seahawks won the won the won the uh, Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith, you know, he ran back a yeah. touchdown. He had two picks. I think he won it. Ray Lewis, of course, I think, didn't he win the uh, MVP? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Ray won. Ray won the MVP. Like, there is a history of linebackers winning Super Bowl MVP. So I, I, yeah. I think some they might be they might have had more linebackers throughout history than even like like edge rushers, which is shocking. But if you go through the history of MVPs. I'm trying to pull up super fast as I talk. Uh, I think that you'd be surprised. I don't know how Trent Taylor is plus a thousand, plus ten thousand, and and Logan Wilson is fifty thousand. That, that to me is just yeah, I don't get that. That's, that's bad. That's bad booking right there. By, yeah. By, hey by man, look, look, take advantage. If you people listen, <laughs> take advantage of that, man. I'm like they, Trent Taylor. I mean, he did have a touchdown last week against Kansas City, or not even a touchdown, it was a two point conversion, where where nobody was guarding him because they were like, there's no way that guy's getting the ball. And he ended up getting loose. But um, yeah. in the last twenty years, we've had two middle linebackers win, uh, win MVP of the Super Bowl. We've had zero pass rushers, zero defensive linemen. We've not had the defensive linemen win the MVP of the Super Bowl since nineteen eighty five. Richard Dent, Aaron Donald, <laughs> yeah, EJ's picking Von Miller. <laughs> I know. Well, geez, that tells you, tells you, tells you what, you, what I know, <laughs> what I know, right? <laughs> But uh, yeah, he he's he plus uh four thousand five hundred. Um, he's plus forty five hundred. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's I take. Those he's odds. a top. He, he's he's top ten in terms of favorite. One, yeah, two, three, four. he's tied for eighth. Okay, yeah, I think that's not bad. I think that's not bad money. Um, we'll see what happens. Yes, yes, it should be interesting. I'm excited for Super Bowl, man. As you guys can hear in my voice, I've told you a bunch of times. I just think that this is a fun. Also, uh, we also got to mention that uh, our our co-host Shamari. Is going yes, with, yes, real going quickly. Cincinnati as well. Yes, yeah, Cincinnati, Shamari Stewart. If you listen to him, he's been on this podcast for the Sports Talk for sure, talking football. Of course, you heard him every week on Imperial Broadcast. There's a new uh, Imperial Broadcast out right now as we do this show, talking about the season finale of Book of Boba Fett. So. Um, obviously a, a main cog here at New Generation Podcast Network, New Generation Media. He's picking the Bengals. So we have two Bengals, one Rams pick amongst the Stewart bros. It sounds like you can say something, Kendall. You going to say something? <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, I, didn't know if you I heard the, yeah. and I stopped talking because, like, okay, he's Yeah, I was going to say something. I'll, 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 I'll let you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I was going to say that, man, this is my, my, my Bengals pick. It's a little bit of a heart overhead thing, but. I do feel like I'm thinking about these matchups, and I just feel like, again, if it gets tight, like the, the I, I the agree Bengals, with that. If, the, if it gets tight, I'm scared to death of McVay and, and, and Stafford. I'll be honest. I yeah. Am. And and think about how this postseason has gone. I mean, you think about yeah. I mean, underdogs. I mean, what are the odds? You know, at the end of the day, the better team is going to win. But like nine times out of ten, the the worst team is one, or at least the the underdog is one, and 
nine times out of ten, like even in those games where the favorite is one, it's been close. You know, but at least since the the divisional round, um, we we saw we saw the the the, the Rams upset Tampa Bay in a game where they were blowing them out and they were the underdogs. We saw what uh what, what uh Cincinnati did to Tennessee. Uh, we saw what Buffalo almost did to Kansas City. Obviously, San Francisco and Green Bay. Then San Francisco almost was able to take out L.A. I mean, these games have been very close. Yep. As much as it feels like, uh, it feels like it's it's a it would be a momentous kind of victory if this team could win this game, Cincinnati. I don't think it's as crazy as as, as we think. I don't think it is. Either. If anything has taught us that it's the, yeah. these playoffs. Yeah, I don't think it is either. I think that's why it's a it's a very difficult game to pick. Because I agree, I think that there's a kind of wide margin for what could happen. Um, though there is a considerable favorite, so that always makes it tricky. Um, but there are plenty of storylines. I think we have uh, two really interesting teams coming into this game. And I'm going to enjoy it, man. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm hoping for a good game. And I'm hoping, I know everyone is. Because there's nothing worse than just sad two goals. Like, it, like we, we got lucky for a long period of time where we got great games. I want to say, like, Pretty much since, like, when Nick Foles and them and Philly won the Super Bowl down to, like, you got to go back to, like, when the Bucks beat down the Raiders. It was all classics. And then, you know, and then you had Denver get blown. Bl- yeah, blown I was like, but besides, like no, but that's the only one, though. No, if you, go, if you go through, that is literally the only one. Every other game is a classic. I think the last time you, the last game you'll get to that you say, yeah, this was this was garbage was 2005 when the Steelers yeah, beat that. No, no, I was gonna say when the Steelers beat the beat the Seahawks. Seahawks, okay. Um, well, and in 06, you had uh, you had Colts and Bears in the in the in the rain. But from 07 to Nick Foles, you had just like one or two games that were bad. One game really that was bad. Everything yeah. else were classics. And you've had a lot of classics over the last two decades. We've had three in a row that have been very tough to watch. No classics, man. That's what makes that's when we talk about, you know, is, you know, Stafford a Hall of Famer? Will Burrow be on a Hall of Fame track if he wins? Like, well, it, I mean, if it's a close game and, and they find a way to pull it out and it's because of the quarterback or it's because of Cooper Cup, like those plays make you. Yeah, like, you're, you're a main man. Yeah. You know, it's hard to say until we see what happens in the game, how these guys are going to be viewed coming out of it because we've seen these plays being made. I mean, how did, how is Marshawn Lynch's career viewed if he gets in the end zone in that Super Bowl against New England? Right. And yet they decided to, to throw the ball. You know, how does how Russell Wilson viewed if he doesn't throw a pick there and he throws a touchdown pass to win the game? Yeah. Like these things are <laughs> these things are are, are 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 so again so by the margin, man. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is, man. Hope you guys enjoy the game on Sunday. Thank you all for checking out this edition of New Generation Sports Talk. Of course, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. For those that enjoy our NBA content, we did a live stream reaction to the NBA trade deadline as it was happening. That is up on our YouTube channel. That is also on our audio uh, channels as well, so you can listen to those conversations. But considering, considering it was live, I think it might make sense more to watch it. You can find that on new YouTube, New Generation Media is a channel. 
Check us out on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, New Generation Media, and also make sure to follow us individually on social media. Kendall's on Twitter, New Gen Ken. I'm on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys so much for checking uh, checking us out. Hope you guys once again enjoy the game on Sunday. For Kendall, for Shamari, who did you know put his pick in there <laughs> to give him a shout out. <laughs> I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.